Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis, the 17th chapter. We're going to begin there this morning. We had a great first service. And, um, uh, you know, we've been teaching on the subject of faith. You can go online and listen to the teachings, which I really want to encourage you to do. Because the Lord really has been speaking to us um, uh, prophetically on the subject of faith. And, uh, you know, I, I usually start out each series uh, out of Hebrews 11. But you go ahead and read Hebrews 11, verse 1 and verse 6. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And uh, if you've ever been sick, uh, you, you hope to get well. If, if you've ever lost everything and you got to start over, you're hoping for success. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. If you ever, ever had a broken relationship, you're hoping that, uh, that it would get healed. Yes. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. But then it says in verse 6, but without faith, without faith, amen, that's why when we get together and they begin to sing, we enter in. They're not here to entertain us. They're here to usher us into the presence of God, but you're the only one that can make that decision. And the Bible says in the book of um, John, it says, verse 24, that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must, must worship him in spirit, out of your heart, and in truth. How many believe that Jesus is the truth? He's the life, the truth, and the way, or the way, the truth, and the life. And so we worship him because he is our savior. Amen. I said, amen. amen. We don't worship him because we feel like it. We do it because we, we move beyond our feelings to our faith and honor God with our hearts of faith. Now, in the Genesis 17th chapter, we're going to talk about this morning, uh, look at one of the most important faith figures in the Bible, uh, uh, a man by the name of Abraham. However, when he was born, <clears throat> his name was not Abraham, his name was Abram, and um, his daddy named him that. And the word Abram in the Hebrew means great father. Say great father. great father. Amen. That was his prophetic name. And then in Genesis 12, God made this promise to Abram. He said in verse 3, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Inside of Abraham, what was growing on the inside of him, praise God, would produce fruit that would bless everyone born into this world. Is that awesome or what? Amen. Amen. That's what God promised him. So now that was, in, that was when he was 75 years old. 24 years later, he's now 99 years old, which in the natural meant the promise of becoming a father was farther away from him than ever and, and, and impossible in the natural. Say, except for God. Except for God. Amen. Except for God. Hallelujah. And what, what did God do? He changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude, mean God was doubling down on his prophetic promise. He was going to say, it doesn't matter, I'm going to get it done. It doesn't matter, I'm going to get it done. How many want to be used by God today in the days we live in? Amen. So if we're going to be uh, a vessel for God, we got to understand the power of faith so that we live in it each and every day. Let's read Genesis 17, and, and we're going to read verse 1. I'll get there in my Bible. Genesis 17, uh, <clears throat> we'll just read the first um, seven verses. It says, and when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. That word perfect 
It simply means walk in spiritual integrity. That's exactly what it means. Spiritual integrity. I know God knew that Abraham wouldn't do everything right, but the heart attitude was, I want to honor and please God. How many want to honor and please God with your life? Amen. Spiritual integrity. Walk in the spiritual integrity that, that uh, you have. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thy seed exceedingly. Up to this point, he doesn't have any seed, okay? And the Bible says, and Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. And what did he say? As for me, behold, God is saying, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. There's the promise. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Isn't that amazing? God already said, hey, hey, uh, this is the promise, and I want you to know I've already fulfilled it. It's in the realm of the Spirit, and in time it will come to pass. Hallelujah. That's the same with you. When you, start, when you trust God with whatever you're believing him for, and you leave it in his hands, it won't come late, and it won't come early. It'll come just on time. Praise God. It's your faith in God that will ultimately bring it to fruition. Let's go on. And the Bible says, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Nations means every ethnicity in the world would be touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he would make kings uh, from the King Jesus. We are the kings of King Jesus. If you believe, believe it, say amen. We are the, uh, we are the, 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 God has given you and I divine authority, praise God, to operate in this earth with his power and with his name. Amen. So this is the promise that God uh, gave Abraham. So what does this have to do with you and I? Everything. Why? Because Galatians 3.29 says this. If you, how many are, belong to Christ today? Raise your hand. All right. If you be Christ, this is Galatians 3.29. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So what God promised Abraham that promise belongs to us. So every time you see a promise in the Old Testament that, that um, connects to Abraham, that promise belongs to you. Come on, shout hallelujah. And, and guess, healing and restoration, of course, is part of that. Amen. So what was Abraham's response to such an impossible promise? Romans 4.20. We're going to read more of this next week, but I just wanted to read this, uh, this part. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he, Abram, or Abraham, he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and fully assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So when you find a scripture, a promise in the word of God, you can take it to God and God said, I will fulfill that promise. Just rest in me, trust in me, and it will come to pass. Now give God a good shout of praise like you believe it. Amen. This is what he's saying. Hallelujah. So not only was Abram known as the father of faith, in James 2, he was known as the friend of God. And with that kind of spiritual profile, he tapped into the unlimited resources of God, not only spiritually, but also physically, because God healed him, which we'll see later, and, uh, and also economically, we'll see here how God had prospered him because of his faith and obedience. Amen. I said amen. amen. However, to get to this place of unwavering faith, Abraham had to grow in his faith. And growing strong in faith wasn't possible, listen, without him exercising the faith that God had given him. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that 
To each of us, God has given a measure of faith, but God wants to take that measure and cause it to become stronger and stronger and stronger. Listen, until it becomes great faith. Hallelujah. Amen. So growing in faith uh, couldn't happen without exercising the measure of faith that God gave him. Romans 1.17, listen to this. This is the Amplified. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed to the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright and shall live and shall live by faith. So the man of faith shall live by his faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. It's from faith to faith, to faith, to faith, and continue on until, of course, you reach that perfection of faith, which I believe uh, ultimately is when you uh, take on your glorified body. One day you get to heaven, you get it all when you get there. Can I have an amen? So let's look at the progression of faith in the life of Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you seven keys um, to Abraham's faith going from faith to faith to complete maturity to where God was able to do the impossible in his life. Now, in Genesis 11, God instructs Terah, T-E-R-A-H. Terah was Abraham's daddy. And God instructed him to leave the Ur of the Chaldees and go to the land of Canaan. He instructed him to do so. But Terah actually passed through his hometown of Hebron And when he got there, he stayed there, and the Bible says he died. In other words, he didn't complete his mission. See, I don't want to get to heaven finding out that someone else had to fulfill our mission. We want to fulfill our mission and let somebody take it from there and build upon it. Can I have an amen? And so Abram, so the Bible says at Genesis 12, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So listen, for your faith to grow and keep growing to where you become grounded spiritually, seasons of spiritual separation is required from you. Seasons of spiritual separation. And actually, Paul, the apostle Paul addressed this with the new believers in Rome. Here's what he said in Romans 12. I beseech you... Um, Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. See, again, there's a process and a progress to that. I mean, how many agree that your body gives you the greatest fit? It stands between you and all the good things of God. Your body does. Your damning nature. So he says, he said to them, you got to remember, the the sexual side of humanity, even during Paul's day, was so twisted and so messed up and so perverted. And and he's trying to get these new believers to disconnect from that kind of behavior into a behavior of obedience to God and a holy, righteous life. So this is what he's challenging them in. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present present your bodies a holy sacrifice a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Go on. And then he says this, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Isn't that amazing? All warfare starts right here. Just want you all to know that. All warfare is right here in the mind, okay? So two things. He says, be transformed. The word transformed is the word metamorphosis in the English. It means for a worm, or a, a, for a, a caterpillar, 
caterpillar to um, reach his divine destiny of becoming a butterfly, he has to do, it's re- one thing is required of him, he has to separate himself from the world around him. And he does so by building, and instinctively, that caterpillar is crawling on the ground. Instinctively, he knows that there comes a time where he's going to crawl up in a tree and build a cocoon and separate himself from the world around him. Why? So that supernatural uh, transformation can take place. So, so there can be no transformation without separation. Even in your life, there'll be seasons where God is, I don't care if it's a day, it's a weekend, you know, it's a couple hours where he wants you to separate yourself because so, he, wants, he wants to say some things to you, he wants to instruct you, direct you, and those, those times are crucial for your, the, the growing uh, and maturing of your faith. If you believe that, say amen. Now, um, Romans 12, 2 says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And that's just what's happening today. I mean, the culture is dragging the church, you know, or the church is trying to drag the culture into the church rather than keeping it out of the church. And he says, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Now, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings, out the best out of, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-informed maturity in you. But that can happen without separation. Now, there's other thing he said in, in, in the King James. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, meaning what? You got to be careful not just, uh, you got to be careful in your life that when you get saved, you don't bring some of the culture expressions that you got before you were saved. You know, every time this year, we, every time this year, we catch the cold. Every time this year, you know, something bad happens. You got to, you got to, you got to change your thinking to what God says about you. Say, I'm blessed from God. And then you got to change your confession or change your perspective on what God says about you versus what you what you taught even as a young individual. If you agree, say amen to that. And so for Abraham to reap the fullness of God's divine plan of provision, separation is re- was required from him and it is from us. I'll just give you a little example and we'll move on because I'm going to give you these seven keys uh, to, to um, Abraham's spiritual growth. Uh, on December 31st, 1972, for some of you that sounds like the 1800s, but it wasn't that long ago. In 1972, uh, on Sunday night of that year, I was on my knees uh, beside my bedside, and I was weeping before the Lord. I had left my wife and my six-month-old daughter to go on the road as a Mayflower contractor. I bought a truck. I was contracting with Mayflower, traveling all over the uh, nation, to which I did um, for a year and a half, and then ended up buying or owning a Mayflower franchise. But uh, I was uh, on my knees... uh, uh, you know, so broke, we, I mean, we didn't have anything, we were broke, and, um, and some gentleman, I'll never forget the guy, it was a black gentleman from, uh, from down south, he came through with his Mayflower truck in 1970, summer of 1972, his name was Jeff Jeffries, <laughs> that's quite a name, huh? Jeff Jeffries, I'll never forget him, and he told me how much money he was making, and, uh, and I'm, you know, that just, that just, hey, that tripped my trigger, hallelujah, and um, so I called Mayflower and ended up going on the road, but while I was on my knees uh, on that, on that, um, by that bed, uh, 
I told the Lord, I was just so tired of being sick and tired. I was, I'd been saved for over a year, but still doing drugs, you know, trying to get my friends saved. And, you know, you, you know what the Lord said to me? I said, what, Lord, why can't I, my friend, why, how come my friends aren't listening to me when I tell them about Jesus? And he spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you only in my spirit. He said, because you're just like them. And so that, when he said that, that was the beginning of a metamorphosis process in my life. So that night when I got on my knees and prayed to God, and I didn't, nobody told me this, I just prayed it, I said, Lord, uh, I know you're my savior, but tonight I'm making you the Lord of my life. Lord means master. Master means you don't have any more rights, you've given all your rights to God. That's the best place to live. And so I woke up next morning, and I'm telling you guys, I can't explain the supernatural, but I thought I was born again, again. Amen. I mean, my, I was so on fire for Jesus. I mean, seriously, it, I mean, I was on fire on the inside. And that, and I told you, this is true. I'm telling you the truth. I'd take my Bible because the steering wheel on my truck fit my Bible just perfect. And I, I'd go down the road for hundreds of miles reading my Bible. I would not suggest that for you, but that's the kind of hunger I had for God. Everything was coming off the pages as fire. And that, I got a lot of my songs in my truck while I was driving, I'd get a revelation from God and God give me a song uh, about that and, and all, did not realizing at that time, but that separation was, uh, that metamorphosis process was going on in my life. And, and did it work? Absolutely, because within just 18 months, and within 18 months, man, uh, God had done such a divine work in me that literally no longer could I be entrapped uh, uh, or um, entrapped by drugs or influenced my, by my sinner friends because I got completely disconnected from them. Amen. Amen. So that's the same with you. I just want to encourage you. I mean, if you're just saved, you cannot afford to go back to that environment of your old friends because they will drag you right back into the gutter. I mean, and, and not because they sit home at night trying to figure out how to do that. They're just practicing their nature and, and because you're not strong enough you will slide right back into that, into that vomit. And God doesn't want that for you. There are seasons of separation. You guys say, okay. And that was hard. Right, honey. We had 10 friends that would come over and do drugs with us, you know. And, and my wife was with me. And my wife would, <laughs> she was a cook. I mean, my, they always, they, they come over not for the drugs. They come over for Vicky's food. And anyway, and she'd make food for the guys. And, and, um, but boy, I tell you, when I made that decision, uh, 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 to allow that metamorphosis process to take place, every one of those friends just, phew, they were gone. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it'll be the best thing that ever happens to you. Can I have an amen? Allowing that process to take place. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I didn't realize that at the time, but I was growing from faith to faith. Okay, let's, let's go back to Genesis. We'll give you these seven keys and I'll make, it, I'll make it quick. Genesis 12, verse one. Now the Lord said unto Abram, oh, I love that. God talking to Abram. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, God says. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. Say Abram departed. Amen. Amen. And Lot went with them, and Abram was 75 years old, and he departed. And then verse 5 says, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. So here's the first time that we see faith in motion on Abram's part. He was exercising faith, his faith through obedience. 
He obeyed. He departed. He obeyed God. He didn't question God. He just obeyed God. That was the first uh, uh, time we see him exercising his faith. Verse 7. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Here's the second time we see faith in motion as Abraham exercises his faith through worship. He, he's, he's in a place he doesn't know, doesn't understand, but he's still putting his faith in God through his worship of God. Amen. So it's two, two things we got going. He's, he's, number one, he's obedient. Number two, he's worshiping God. Amen. Genesis 13. Let, uh, and I'll read out the King James and, um, and we'll go from there. Genesis 13, verse 1. And the Bible says, Abram went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Watch this. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Isn't that interesting? Cattle, silver, and gold. Cattle, silver. How would like, I'd like some cattle and silver and gold. Hallelujah. Amen. He was very wealthy. What does that mean? The covenant is working. Number one, he obeyed God. Number two, he worshiped God. And this covenant of blessing has already manifesting in his life. Come on, lift your hand if you want the covenant blessings to manifest in your life. I do. I want the favor of God and the blessings of God. So God was reassuring him at this moment in his life that there would be provision for the vision. Verse 3. And he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Of course, when he first came to the land, he came to Bethel. And that word Bethel means God's house. He came to Bethel, and the Bible says he built an altar. Hallelujah. Why? Because he was seeking the heart of God, step by step, what God wanted him to do. And, uh, he said, uh, uh, between Bethel and Hai, under the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on uh, the name of the Lord. So number three, this is the third time now we see faith in motion where, uh, where um, Abram is call, exercising his faith through prayer. He's, he's, he's praying to God. He was seeking God, getting God's direction for his life. Um, and the Bethel means house of God. And again, you're here, I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm telling you kids, these times together are so crucial. I mean, they just are. And I know, and and I'm not going to, I'm not getting down on you. Uh, I love you all very much. But even the Wednesday night services are so crucial to your spiritual growth. Because why? Because life is so busy. I mean, you blink, you know, you blink and the day's gone. Come on, am I, am I the only one? I mean, it's just bam, it's gone, bam, it's gone. So these opportunities we have, you know, uh, to, to get together isn't just because we're traditional. It's because we understand the value and the importance of the house of God that we come here, hallelujah, so that we can get nourished and the word of God can get invested in us so that when we leave, it, leave here, we have faith, not only present, but faith that's working for the glory of God. Can I have an amen? Yeah, give God a good clap offering if you believe that. Well, at least 12 of you believed it, hallelujah. Abraham longed for God's spiritual guidance and he got it in God's house. Now, David, he expressed the value of God's house in Psalms 84. Here it is. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who up, walk uprightly. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? God, what a promise. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. 
O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen and amen. Back to Genesis 13. And watch this, verse five. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And again, I really believe that he was prosperous because he was connected to the man of God. I believe that all my heart because you'll see why in a second. He was prosperous because he was connected to the man of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so, um, uh, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Now watch this. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. Question. Would there have been strife if Lot wouldn't have been there? No. See, Lot, God said, I want you to leave your family behind and your kindred, your relatives, leave everybody behind, just take your immediate family. But he took Lot with him because he felt responsible because Lot was his nephew. But that's not what God's instructions was. And so there was strife in the land because Lot wasn't supposed to be there. So you have to be careful who you allow into your life. Because people will try to invest strife into your life. Guess what? And it may not even hurt them, but it'll hurt you. So Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and yours. For we are brothers. Say we're brothers. Brothers. Amen. And the Bible says, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If you take the right, I'll go to the left. And the Bible says, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. By the way, the Lord did not. It says that. Fred Price taught us something years ago. Fred Price. Remember Fred? Great preacher. He said to us years ago, he says, the Bible, the Bible is truly stated, but there's a lot of it not statements of truth. Especially the Old Testament. Because God gets blamed for everything in the Old Testament. And he never did one evil thing in the Old Testament. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah was the fruit of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? It's just the fruit. Then he, that, uh, even the garden as of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Now here's the fourth time, the fourth key that we see a faith in motion as Abraham separated himself from strife and jealousy. He separated himself. He knew he could not afford to allow that into his camp. Here's a scripture in James 3. This is for us. Who is wise and understanding among you? Talking about us, okay? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every Every evil practice. That's why Abram said, man, we've got to separate because I have got, listen, I have a mission from God and I have, I have to have spiritual clarity. I've got to be able to hear what the spirit is saying so that I can fulfill my mission. It's the same with you. I don't care if it's in your marriage and raising your children or, or, or where you work. Keep strife out of your heart and God will bless your life. Can I have an amen? 
I said, can I have an amen? amen? Back to Genesis 13. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. The Bible says Lot pitched his tent toward pitched his tent towards Sodom, then he found himself later in Sodom, and then later he found Sodom in him. I get so grieved in my heart when I hear believers, and this happening today, uh, uh, especially now that they're legalizing marijuana, that they justify smoking weed because it's medicinal. I just grieved my, you know, or, or, you know, or, you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking was I mean I'm not going to live your life I mean I told you years ago that if I went home with most of you I'd be drinking by five that's funny because we're all the same I said we're all the same the same here I'm just saying yeah why do we want to why do we want to be so close to the world and be like the world that we have no spiritual effect on the world God doesn't want that for your life so he pitched his step towards Sodom. He found himself in Sodom. And finally, Sodom was found in him. And the Lord said unto Abram, or I put this, that after that, Lot, or strife, was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art southward, or northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever. Verse 18, then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, meaning he obeyed God, okay, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Now, this, this is the fifth time we see faith in motion as Abram exercised his faith through self-sacrifice. He chose. He was the eldest in, in Jewish culture. You, know, he, you have Abraham, but you have his nephew Lot. So he, Abraham uh, uh, he outranked Lot, okay? Meaning what? He could have chosen. He could have chosen the plain of Jordan. He could have, but he didn't. He put his, he put his brother first and said, you choose and then I'll take the other, whatever's left. And whatever was left was just stones in desert. But he chose that because he knew it was in that place where he could hear from God. What place? That place of obedience to God's word. Amen, Amen to that? Amen. So you can see here how he is being prepared constantly, growing from faith to faith. Hallelujah. And then Genesis 14, while Lot wasn't where he was supposed to be, four kings came into Sodom and, 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 uh, and took all of the people ca uh, uh, captive uh, along with Lot and his family. So the Bible says when Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued Ketterlamer's army until he caught up with them at Dan. My point in bringing that up is that he took on, 300, he took on thousands of soldiers of 318 men. That's the kind of courage he had. So here is the sixth time we see faith in motion as he exercises faith, listen, against the odds. And that's the same with you. Did you know every time you wake up in the morning, the odds are against you? The odds of a successful marriage are against you. The odds of having children serving the Lord, the odds are against you. The odds for increase in success, they're always against you. Jerry, uh, Jerry Price, uh, Jerry, uh, um, Jerry, um, yeah, Seville, 
uh, taught a message years ago, on, uh, and it was all about rowing up current uh, in a canoe. And that's what we are. Uh, we're always going against the current of the culture. The culture says compromise. God loves you whether you live for him or not. He blesses you whether you obey him or not. I mean, that's the, the culture of the world, but that's not the word of God. So he chose to trust God even against the odds, and that's the way it is with you. You trust God with your life. You trust God with everything about your life, and he'll lead you by his spirit, and he will bless your life according to his word. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Your battles are usually bigger than you, but they're not bigger than you with God, amen. in God with you. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Can I have an amen? Thank you, Lord. Verse 16, we're almost finished here. Abram recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and, and the other captives. He recovered all. And then the Bible says, verse 18, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, a priest of God most high, he brought Abram some bread and wine. That's the covenant meal, okay, the blood covenant meal. And Melchizedek blessed Abram with his blessing. What did he say? Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah. And then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. So this is the seventh time we see faith in motion when Abram exercised his faith to bring in the tithe to God. Isn't that something that he was taught that? that the tithe belonged to God. And so he obeyed and brought the tithe to the Lord. So we see these seven keys that took Abraham from having small faith to great faith because he had to have great faith to believe for the impossibility. What was the impossibility? To, to, to have a child at the age of 99 years old, which we'll get in next week, and his wife being 90, where everything in the natural was completely against them. It was no way, no way, no way this promise could be fulfilled except for God and a man who chose to believe God. So I just want to pray for you today because I want to encourage you. Man, walk with God each day. Develop this relationship with him so that you are growing from faith to faith. Begin trusting him in the little things in your life. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, Pastor Vicky shared this at prayer service this morning. Out of Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22 gives you a list of nine fruit of the spirit. Nine fruit of the spirit, okay? And uh, did you have that up? Did you, did you have that up there? You can put that up there. But the fruit of the Spirit is, I just wanted to get all nine right, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, that, that's actually faithfulness, meekness, temperance, and meekness and temperance, the word temperance means self-control. Against, there, uh, against there's, there's no law, meaning no law can convict you of anything when you walk in these nine fruit of the Spirit. So begin right there in your life. Amen. It, I believe there's a law in my heart that more days than not, listen to me, and I say this very carefully, you know, I, God, is, God is love, but I believe there's more days, look at me for a minute, I believe there's more days that he loves us by faith than we think. That he loves us by faith. So there's a good place to start. 
You don't love somebody because they're just treating you so wonderful. You love them even when they're treating you ugly. Do you know why? Because God does that with us every day. See, you practice in, even in the character of God. That's where you practice your faith is just in those areas of those nine fruit of the spirit. Let me give you, can you put that list up there of the seven and, be, and leave them up there for a little bit? I just wanted to give them to you. Uh, Abram, Abram exercises faith through obedience, through worship, through prayer, through separating himself from strife and discord, through self-sacrifice, by going against the odds, and by bringing God his tithe. Is that cool or what? Amen. Why don't you stand? We're going to pray together today. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.